You leave me no option. It's lame. <laughs> the Lexington Amicable Marxist Experience. I'm Aaron. And I'm Jenry. It's the 30th of December, 2021. Can you believe it? A whole year of lame. It's not a whole year of lame. <laughs> well, we're done with no more lame episodes of 2021. It's a it's a it's a state secret. There's no there is no lame that was recorded in the year 2020. <laughs> All of our lame episodes have been 2021, but we've done it for a whole year I, yeah, 2021. I'm excited. I'm excited to see you all in the new year. We can celebrate yeah. one year of lame. If you start indexing at one, then we, this is our first year. Yes. <laughs> That's good. Um, we have uh, social media you can follow us on, specifically just Twitter. Actually, that's the only... We have social medium. Um, that's the, good. All right. And that's that's uh, Twitter at LamePod. You can email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. This is new. If you're listening to this on um, the streaming service known as Spotify, you may mm. have heard of it. You can give us a rating now. That's funny. They have uh, they have ratings, star ratings. Give us five stars. I don't know what these do. I don't know how if it recommends the show to people. Yeah. I don't know how it works. But, hey, if you like the show... Give it a review. My other advice for those Spotify users out there is to um, consider uh, getting a podcasting app that um, actually, uh, uh, you know, pulls from individual RSS feeds and downloads them like Pocket Casts or AntennaPod or something like that. Um, because not that I'm saying our show would can get removed, it would get removed from Spotify or whatever, but I'm just saying, you know. Uh, you're putting a lot of trust in um, something like Spotify, um, but if you uh, if you have our RSS feed, which you can find on LamePod.com, mm-hmm. um, that's baby, that's forever. Um, nothing, nothing short of them taking down LamePod.com <laughs> will stop you. Will stop us from getting you episodes. Mayor Linda Gordon personally yeah. comes uh, whenever he or she hears us say it, and this is lame <laughs> all right end of the podcast sorry guys this has been a good run but um we are we are about to uh appear um at a uh um a court not a court what is it a, a hearing a, a military tribunal oh okay. um yeah we are oh. being tried we're being court-martialed um, <laughs> we, <laughs> we're being court-martialed by the lame military um <laughs> Uh, no, we have to. Actually, it's funny. Um, our trial is to do an episode of Lame, and they'll oh, judge God. it based on this. So, uh, well, I guess here it goes. We got like one good article on my side in the chamber for you. Oh God! Um, this was a uh, incredibly slow two weeks of news. Um, so slow, in fact, I didn't even feel the need to do in an, an, a real episode of Lame last week. <laughs> um, <laughs> Not much has been happening. I'll yeah, tell you that. we got. I got a really interesting article that's really up lame alley on side a um but i guess i should first say that um this is a news podcast uh, we talk about the news um and uh, uh the first big news is um uh the novel coronavirus um uh, you all remember when we used to call it rona that was funny haha um and uh it's kind of feeling like that again um, people are getting a little spooked um uh, the number go up. However, um, I can't. Lexington Catholic. Uh, you all remember when we covered this in like October, I think. Um, they announced that they were going to drop their mask mandate on uh, like January 10th, and you can go back and hear me at the time being like, that seems like bad timing for many reasons. One, it's in January. Two, it's two months out 
um, when the entire entire shape of the situation can change in two months. I don't know. It's very funny. Um, I couldn't find anything. I went searching, couldn't find anything in Lexington Catholic indicating that they're reversing their position on that. So uh, masks officially will become optional at Lexington Catholic uh, High School. Um, then uh, nothing from FCPS about going remote. Um, I know, uh, I'm pretty sure, uh, I think Chicago Public Schools are going um, remote. That's not Lexington, but I'm just saying. Um, uh, the University of Kentucky sent us an email a few a week ago, and they're like, things look fine. Um, and I'm like, okay. They're like, I see nothing wrong here. I, I heard on the radio a couple of days ago that a lot of other universities are going remote. So yeah. we shall see. But UK has this has this like objective they have this desire and it's weird it's it's one the board of trustees they all have a little envelope that they open uh their own one they all open it at the same time in in big bold red letters that had the uh, sort of like flaming gif emoji which is crazy because that's paper right it says make make january's life miserable um so i'll have to go back to school soon which is um not that i've been doing great outside of school (laughs) on this break not that I'm just, I can't, I, who knows? Um, part of, there's a part of me that has now been re-examining early, uh, like, like April of 2020 and March of 2020. The, I forgot the sheer amount of relief that I felt when the, uh, when the literal apocalypse came. Um, and, uh, I was suddenly, um, suddenly relieved of all, um, uh, of all, uh, obligation, and things or whatever, and I could finally, um, and I could, and I could disappear from everyone's life, and um, it was, uh, it was kind of like, um, it was like a half suicide, um, you know, it felt like, and um, uh, concerningly, that was a good thing for me. Anyway, um, the real news article, however, that's the coronavirus. That's how we're doing. Um, so we talked before about. Um, about uh, workers' rights when those workers are people that occupy um, power over society, right? Um, what, <laughs> in response to Very Saturday's insane um, article about um, an op-ed arguing to uh, destroy the police union, um, we have a, a similar, a different fraternal order of police lodge, I believe, um, yeah, it is Lodge Number Eighty Three, which covers the uh, um, the all full time non probationary officers and sergeants at the Lexington Jail. And folks, there's a labor dispute because um, I mean, working at a jail, working working in a prison, working in a jail seems to be maybe one of the um, like top five most miserable jobs. Right? I can't imagine like you know um, the special layer of hell that you that you're sent to. Is um that you have to actually work the the you have to do the torturing um the hell machine you have to work at um so this is uh the situation that plagues uh the uh, Lexington jail um no one wants to work at these jails even before the pandemic there's always been a super high turnover rate um and of course it's important that we talk about jails and specifically because um uh they love putting federal prisons in Kentucky. And we are uh, rapidly approaching <laughs> a time uh, the, where um, we not arrive. I mean, we're on a path to, uh, as that one famous statistic says, uh, having more prison population in Kentucky than actual citizens. 
Um, I'm excited for the day when that happens. That'll be an interesting time. <laughs> when is that? Is that like in the next couple of years? Uh, I think the guess the thing was like like forty or fifty years or whatever. Mm-hmm. So it'll be fine. We'll all we will all be uh, also um, uh, uh, drowning um, uh, slash having all the tops of our houses uh, ripped off by tornadoes or something. Possibly both at the same time. Possibly both at the same. That could actually be fun. Like a little. It's like oh no, there's flooding, so we have to get to a high ground. And then you get to a high ground, and you're like, what's that? Uh, tornado. Um, uh, and then uh, some guy on Twitter gets to joke about that's what happens when you're a red state. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, if only we had voted for Amy McGrath. Yeah, Amy McGrath could have stopped this, um, just like she could have stopped 9-11. Um, <laughs> but that's all I'll say on that. <laughs> anyway, so there, um, uh, Jeremy Chisholm wrote this article. Um, and, and, Jeremy. I, and I have to say, Jeremy, good work. This is very obviously not a press release. Um, uh, there's no, um, you know, so this is a, you've done some real, some real uh, digging, um, some real clarity. We sort of cycle around. Let me say, I, I would say the, uh, the, 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 look, it's, I don't write these articles for a living. You do, but I'm just saying, I'm feeling like you could have, the structure could have been a little, a to B, we do a little bit of A to B to A to B, and it sounds like, uh, whatever. Anyway, quote, tense negotiations between Lexington officials and the union which represents officers at the local jail have resulted in both sides filing complaints and petitions with the state labor cabinet this week. FOP Town Branch Lodge 83, which represents, as I said earlier, all full-time non-probationary officers and sergeants at the Lexington jail, alleging a formal complaint that Mayor Linda Gordon landlord linda and other city officials have tried to coerce the union into accepting a bad collective bargaining agreement meanwhile the city filed a petition on wednesday for mediation with the labor cabinet city officials say that their complaint that the negotiations have been going on for eight months and as of wednesday the two sides are quote deadlocked the two sides are in agreement that a massive turnover that massive turnover issues in the corrections department are causing potential safety problems in the jail. The Lexington Fayette County Detention Center houses nearly a thousand inmates, but has fewer than 200 employees, which seems fine. I don't know. Um, I, according to documents filed to the city, but the state labor cabinet, but blah, 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 blah. So, um, uh, currently, uh, there's over a hundred job vacancies and officers have been, uh, left to work up to 16 hours a day to try to cover empty shifts. Right. Um, Union President Michael Harris said the labor shortages have left the remaining jail officers in unsafe situations. He said that last weekend, some units in the detention center have been left largely unguarded. With overtime included, some staffers have been working 16 hours a day. Quote, you see the strain, unquote, on officers, he said. You see the fatigue. They're not as alert, and it creates an unsafe work environment. Um, One solution, one solution to this problem, have less people in jail. Wow. Other solution, probably what the state might be more interested in, um, uh, pay these guys like kings to do this work. Um, it's the only way you're going to get this to um, uh, to happen. Um, you can't, uh, you can't in Lexington at least. I don't think you can't prey on people of not having any other jobs to go to because there's a uh, plenty, plenty of places in Lexington that are desperate for your employment. Lextran probably is still hiring. We've been talking. It's been yeah, like six months. Hiring. Yes, they just okay. had a hiring event yesterday. It's great. I maybe I should drop out of school and work at Lextran. They got good benefits. What they can I pay say? Pay fifteen an hour. A lot fucking more than lame, I make right lame now. Podcast is not sponsored by Lextran anyway. No, we're not. We're not a. We're not a. We're not a mouthpiece for Lextran. Yeah, we're not a. 
I don't have any. Damn, I need to have like a um deck of uh like just like, like just a stack of like different like like little like lecture news things for me <laughs> to say. So every time we say we're not a mouthpiece of lecture, that being said, route seven today. Blah, blah, blah. That can be funny. Anyway, um, so um. The city uh, keeps rejecting the, um, the terms that the union um, is submitting, right? Uh, quote, they have tried to turn the membership against me, to sway me to put them in a bad position, Harris, this is the president, said. And quote, there's no force that's going to get me to do that. The union alleged in a, in a complaint that city officials, including Gordon, have tried to speak directly with employees instead of addressing the issues at the bargaining table. In its complaint, the union called this an attempt to undermine the union's effectiveness, which is true. Um... Uh, it's kind of, um, kind of sad that, um, that, uh, this is the, um, kind of sad that the city couldn't take this approach to, um, the, uh, FOP number four, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, but, uh, whatever. Um, the union accused Gordon of providing detailed negotiating information to union members who weren't part of the union's negotiation team. That information provided by Gordon included raises proposed by the city, according to the complaint complaint gordon portrayed lodge 83's negotiation efforts as uncooperative and applied that union leadership was impending impeding sorry the ability for members to immediately earn higher wages the union said in its complaint so this is an interesting thing right like like collective bargaining negotiation it's interesting right um uh in a perfect world like should should union members um that are not part of the bargaining um uh be made aware of super precise details like this um in some cases uh yes probably um in other cases like this it's probably undermining their effort to get it because it is only increasing pressure um on the union to sign a contract um because it has been an issue in the past especially with people like the teamsters um famously uh that um you know uh union leadership um will sell you out at the bargaining table um now obviously um the uh union leadership is bargaining against the city uh it's a little concerning that it is the city itself that is the one portraying that is the one uh uh, uh passing this information on but um you know uh it's i mean all you guys look you guys listen to us for the dicey union talk you listen to you you listen for us to walk the line so you can write us a letter afterwards about um about how you feel about it. We do this for you. Um everything for the listeners. Yeah. The complaint alleged that Gordon intended to quote extort exert internal pressure through Lodge 83 members based on misleading information for union leadership to accept LaFug's proposal, right? Um the union alleges of course that the uh, the city's proposals won't solve staffing issues. The union further alleged and this is really interesting that the mayor's chief of staff Tyler Tyler Scott sent an email on November 23rd to jail supervisors which included confidential information regarding pay negotiations between the city and the union. According to the complaint, the email was printed by a recipient on a public printer at the jail. Um so- <laughs> Uh, the effects of unlawful disclosures created confusion and discontent among Lodge 83 members as the misinformation was disseminated through the FCDC, the union said in its complaint. Right. So the union wants the state labor cabinet to order the city to cease and desist the alleged unfair labor practices and post notices in the jail that Lodge Number 83 is the exclusive representative for full-time non-probationary officers. The union also wants the labor cabinet to direct the city to submit periodic reports provi- proving the city is complying with the order. 
And of course, um, we do not believe any of our actions were out of line, said a uh, uh, lame, lame frequenter, Susan Straub, a spokesperson for Gordon. Quote, we look forward to defending these charges. Who says that, man? We look forward um, to defending these charges. I'm really excited to go to court over this one, says a, guys, says have, a city spokesperson. We have such a good case on this, guys. Yeah. The city doesn't, this is, and this is, that is exactly how people in the legal system think. Don't fucking think for a second that that is not how, like, prosecutors think. Um, and, I don't know why I had to say that. The city doesn't disagree that staffing issues need to be rectified quickly. Staffing shortages must be rectified to ensure adequate security and alleviate the need for overtime, the city wrote in its petition. The city also wrote in petition that it states that, it, that both sides agree that increasing wages will help additional staffers in the jail. Yes, of course. Um, so why, why does the city keep saying no? Weird. Um, but the city has taken issues with other requests made by officer officers union in negotiation. The city alleges that the union proposed to uh, propose a complete rewrite of the old collective bargaining agreement, which would have given the union, quote, a host of management rights previously reserved for the city. Right. So this is coming back to that Barry Saturday article. Right. Um, how much control should a city have over um, over these uh, over these workers whose job is um to exert state carceral power right um now of course this article jeremy did not go into what those are um but also we probably actually don't know because it's probably in sealed by the bargaining agreement maybe um, they printed it on a public printer in the jail that's true why don't um how about uh how about someone at the uh at the lexington jail start printing the city side of the things <laughs> um huh that would be interesting to see. Maybe uh, we get some some uh, telling evidence. I know. I mean, I can't imagine that anyone that works at a jail listens to this podcast and continues to work at the jail. But um, if we got any fellow travelers in there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Earlier this month, the city offered another proposal with additional wage increases and bonus payments for employees who would have already allegedly been worth a total of $1.5 million, according to the city's petition. The union hasn't accepted any offers, according to the filing. While progress has been made in negotiation this year, the city still feels the two sides are, quote, deadlocked on a handful of issues, according to the petition for mediation. These issues include disciplinary and grievance procedures for jail officers. So this is where we're starting to get a little more into it, right? Mm. Harris, the president, the jail president, um, the jail president, the jail union president, um, told the Herald leader he was trying to get grievance and disciplinary processes similar to the Lexington Police Department, right? So they want total immunity. <laughs> Um, which is, you know, which is where I draw the, <laughs> is that, is that suit still happening where, um, the FOP is suing, uh, uh they're appealing it. Oh, they're appealing um, it. if you listen to, uh, one of our previous episodes, Aaron, I, well, I'm just wondering if that appeal, if that appeal, if I haven't heard any news, okay. for him, but, um, that's just because the Herald leader, I'm going to have to start the Herald leader. I'm sure there's been interesting stuff happening these last two weeks. I need to get into um like i need to start like reading court docs and stuff i mean oh yeah <laughs> we need to start i mean i'm once again i mean we've been doing a year of this and i really still feel like i haven't really uh stepped up my game in terms of uh, uh doing reporting in any serious yeah, way you know i had to read it's my when, resolution for when sure. i was reading or when i was doing that report on the freaking um the kentucky state fair yeah and they were i remember suing, that yeah they were suing the they were suing Bashir. Mm. 
and the, and the Republicans, I had to go through and I had to read that stupid ass court document <laughs> of just who the plaintiffs were and everything like that. It was insane. Yeah, it was insane. So I can't even imagine what their what their uh, court documents are. I know, like. right? I'm. But you know, best of luck to you. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Yeah, so basically they're both they're both saying pretty pretty please labor cabinet would you help us? Um, oh, I need more of that. Next article though, folks, we've I think we've talked about this once briefly before, but mm-hmm. we've kind of I've kind of laid off from reporting on it until um uh we uh until we learned what the university's response to it is. Um and of course, I see it every damn day when I on this university. Um we're talking about the farmhouse fraternity. Um uh I'm ready for them to start taking the letters off. I thinking we could maybe bulldoze the whole building and uh, like build any any useful academic building Flying or studios. or yeah, actually, it's a now a university now and now a, a program of the University of Kentucky. <laughs> um, no, I think actually, um, I'm gonna know we're gonna we're gonna be financial. We're gonna save the building um, and we're gonna put the College of Design there. Um, the College of Design Library, which is getting removed, which is getting axed, uh-huh. um, or something. I don't know. We should uh, UK should uh, should seize that building and um, do anything useful other than um, sort of like fraternities. Um, and in fact, I mean, obviously, I think this might be a thing. I think the idea of a university-sanctioned fraternity or sorority is um, uh, uh, not good. I think that entire system needs to be destroyed. Um, I think. Uh, um, there is a, uh, uh the, the, we need to, we need to gut that from, uh, from academic society. Uh, they can still exist, but they cannot, they can and should not be associated with the university. Uh, no university endorsed. Yeah. Uh, friends. Um, into which you, into which you might say, um, oh, well, they're still going to do bad things. Um, but, uh, off campus. And I'm like, into that, I say maybe sure. But, um, uh, also, they're not going to get a bunch of free fucking advertising on campus for being a student org. I do not think fraternities should allow to be student orgs. Simple as. Um, and I think that will radically decrease the number of people in these things. So you don't have stuff like this happening. Um, anyway. And what exactly happened? Thank you. Um, so uh, let, me, let me read this opening paragraph. Uh, this was written by this article i believe was written by some woman whose name i've never read in the herald leader before wow. which i thought was interesting um i've heard, and of course like an idiot i didn't write it down um thomas lofton hazelwood um so they this is the other they refer to him I, I know his nickname is lofton they keep referring they keep referring to him interchangeably as lofton and um and hazelwood it's it's uh whatever uh, he died at the University of Kentucky Hospital after being found unresponsive at the Farmhouse Fraternity House on October 18th. Hazelwood is an 18-year-old freshman from Henderson County and a uh, new member of the fraternity. Right After Hazelwood's le- death, UK launched two investigations, which uh, both are not final. But um, UK believes the investigation's outcome will not change. In response to what? I have no idea. Um Hazelwood drank approximately. And this is I know, it's so dumb that they even are reporting on this half. This uh, they're just talking, but I'll I'll read it because I think it's whatever. Approximately eighteen one ounce shots of wild turkey one hundred one bourbon within forty five minutes on October eighteenth, according to UK report. This took place before the fraternity's tradition of serenades, where members would visit sorority houses and sing to the members. Right. 
Um, I don't know why they had to get into detail of what he was drinking. I don't know. I mean, the kid's dead, dude. I mean, he drank too much. Yeah, like, I do not need to... I think it's funny that they're listing the brand because, (laughs) like, I don't know. I mean, I hope... It'd be funny if it has some sort of adverse effect um, on the... I think that would be funny. Um, However, quote, it does not appear that new members were coerced, forced, or required to consume alcohol on October 18th in the chapter facility. So... Uh, that's the key words on October 18th in the chapter facility. Cause later on in the article, they will absolutely admit to the fact that, that, that new members have um, were coerced or forced or required to consume alcohol on other dates and in other locations. Um, uh, so the fact that uh, it would, that, that they found that it wasn't on this particular in- instance is in my, is in my opinion, like total bullshit. Um, uh, the UK police, by the way, um, were the ones that were reporting on this, um, that, that have released this investigation. So, um, yeah, the alcohol was purchased using fake IDs and fraternity members paid for the alcohol through Venmo, um, uh, according to the UK police investigation, um, which, uh, uh, take it, put a pin on the fake ID thing. We'll be back to that. Um, and, uh, yes, it is a cop out. Quote, multiple students stated in interviews that Hazelwood was obviously heavily intoxicated as the group practiced for serenades. As a result, according to the interviews, the group decided to leave him at the fraternity house rather than bringing him along to, sor- to the sorority houses, right? Um, fraternity members placed Hazelwood on a couch and rolled him onto his side. So, guys, would you look at that? Harm reduction works. Um, uh, students told police that Hazelwood was clearly intoxicated, but they did not believe it was at a dangerous. I don't know why I keep reading. I've, I have, I go through this article and underline it to avoid the bullshit sentences that I want to read. It's and then bullshit. as soon, and then as soon as I get on this damn podcast, I start reading the whole paragraph it's by Monica cast. Entire. Thank you. The Aaron. Entire times. You're, to... We are two, we are two pages into this article and Aaron's like Monica cast. I got it. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. A lot of research here. Thank you, Aaron. That was good. Um, mm-hmm. Better, better that you did it than not. Um, uh, UK found evidence of hazing, um, including uh, from farmhouse, including personal servitude, forced wearing of, and this is a funny line, apparel which is conspicuous and not normally in good taste. They made they made him wear clashing stripes, um, degrading or humiliating games and activities, lineups and berating, and an expectation of participation in activities that are illegal or a violation of university policy. We should hit Farmhouse Fraternity with the fucking RICO Act. The RICO Act. <laughs> the the um uh the Racketeering Act. The uh oh. the thing they killed uh, Robert Kennedy over. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh the um and the coroner's report report um confirmed that last week, which is weird, um so it took them a while to to that he died of alcohol toxicity. Mm-hmm. In response to the founding, the farmhouse fraternity status as a student org has been revoked, and the national chapter has revoked the fraternity status. Members who live in the fraternity house on campus are required to move out by the 9th of January, says Jay Blanton. Um, Jay it's been a while since those uh, cursed name has been read on this podcast. Jay, how are you? I haven't I haven't talked to you last um, uh, last time we spoke. You were um, uh, demolishing houses and suggest that people live in um, the hub. Um, so glad to see that's been going well for you. Additionally, the National Farmers Chapter has issued a no contact order, <laughs> which means that members of the UK chapter quote can have no association with farmhouse for seven years unquote. Year eight though. Yeah, we'll take that donation money. Um, 
Uh, oh, and that was according to a statement from UK President Eli Capilouto and Kristen Turner, which is the Vice President for Student Success, whatever that means. Uh, individual students could be charged with violations of UK's Code of Contact, which prohibits underage, inking, underage drinking and drinking on campus and hazing, Blanton said. Um, uh, Matt Minner, which is a lawyer for the Hamil um, Hazelwood family, um, said that the family was, uh, uh, you know, uh, blah, 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 said a heartbroken, blah, blah, blah. And they said they claimed that Lofton was, of course, subjected to humiliating and dangerous hazing activities at Farmhouse from the time he pledged until the day he died. And this is the most important line. This is what I took home. One fact is clear. Had Lofton Hazelwood not pledged Farmhouse Fraternity, he would still be here today. Um, and uh, I don't need, there is no better argument for uh, literally revoking every charter um, to every fraternity um, on this campus right now um, than that. So uh, the blood's on your hands, ECAP. The Hazelwood family is determined to ensure, oh, I already, sorry. Uh, oh, here we go. Um, uh, this is a final little quote from Blanton. Uh, after Hazelwood left at the fraternity house, was left at the fraternity house, members went to serenade sorority members. That was an unregistered and unsanctioned student event, Blanton said. So oh, man. She, he got him there. Oh shit! So what do you mean, like, so like when someone that lives at a fraternity house goes up to get a piece of, to get like a pot of coffee, that needs to be a sanctioned university event. Like that's so it it obviously is a registered and sanctioned university event, Blanton. Um, uh, in a sort of a colloquial sense, even though I know exactly what he's talking about in terms of university policy, um, because not every event is an event. If you catch my drift, um, oh the fucking this is gonna be. Are you gonna talk about this? Yes, Aaron. It's on the list. <laughs> a fraternity member arrived later at the house and after Hazelwood death. Well, Jesus Christ, they do. A, she does a lot of. What's her name again? Monica Cass. Monica, you gotta. I mean, please stop repeating yourself. This is making terrible. I'm, I'm trying to read your article on air. Um, I am provided an important service defeating the paywall to the Herald Leader, and you are actively impeding. Um, anyway, uh, UK will require enhanced and expanded education around responsibilities for all new members of UK interfraternal count fraternity council chapters. Um, and increased staffing has been added to fraternity and sorority life, quote, with additional res responsibilities for alcohol education and hazing prevention, according to Capluto and Turner's statement, which is, of course, bullshit, because the whole nature of it um, is, skull, is skull and bones light shit. There's no, you cannot, you cannot regulate out uh, this shit from fraternities. I'm sorry. Um, that's the nature of fraternities. Yes, that's why you do it. Um, uh, so, I don't know why they literally said it again. Um, be, oh, this is an interesting UK Police Department Chief Joe Monroe said, because fraudulent IDs were used to purchase the alcohol, UK Police Department will be working with local, state, and federal partners to address the increased use of IDs purchased online. Purchasing a fake ID is a felony, he said. And then there was another article that UK that uh, the Herald-Leader wrote, which was almost identical to this one, except they moved some of the blocks around and added a little more quotes from Monroe, and this headline was about fake IDs, right? And the only meaningful paragraph from that, par from that uh, article that was different from this one um, was this quote. 
what I would encourage them, and them is in reference to a student, the students at Farmhouse, is to either destroy those IDs or turn them into us immediately so that we can look at how it was purchased and no charges will be placed against those individuals if they come forward and share that information with us. Um, so yes, uh, surely more, surely ha um, having the FBI figure out the uh, fake driver's license scenario is really what's going to um, uh, really put a tamp on um, on uh, uh, whether or not fraternities haze people or not. The issue, and I mean, guys, we literally did the twenties. That was that was ninety years ago. The prohibition was ninety years ago. It is not. <laughs> Prohibiting someone from a, from a commodity consumption is not your issue here. It, in fact, never works, really. Um, and uh, I'm at like over 30 minutes on my side. Uh, I have – we had another article, but um, – and it's a good one. Um, but we might say – we're going to save that for a later episode because yeah, it's yeah. not – you can do anything – um, who knows? Maybe Aaron will be telling you. Knows, Maybe I will. Who knows? Who knows? Um, but Tune with in. that, uh, I will see you in the middle part. I mean, we got our, our, our the studios got invaded. Um, uh, Jack Brommer came out with another with another um, another hit piece. Um, I mean, at least it's still the same day. I met my dad. Whoa. Um, um, we're just gonna start with. Well, no, we we're not on side B. Yet. It's the middle <laughs> section. The middle I'm section just of the Lexington. This is where we pull back the Marxist curtain. Experience. And we're like, oh, whoa. Yeah, I completely. It's been so long. I forgot even what yeah, side it's we're the on. The 30th of uh, December 2021. Yeah. Um, Follow us on Twitter at LamePod. Email us at gmail.com. That was a good episode, right, guys? How about you give us a Spotify review if you're yeah, on Spotify? Spotify, Apple Podcast. Or alternatively, if you're on Sp if you're on Spotify, after leaving that review, um, they get a real podcasting app. Well, yeah, that's just big for me. I'm yeah. just saying, you know, you know, you don't want to lose us. Um, you don't want to lose. Lane. We have so we had some breaking news. Yeah, so um, we gotta. So we'll be. We'll you'll, be back. you'll hear about it just in a few seconds. Yep. But uh, wow, I mean, we lit we stopped the proverbial um, uh, press. Literally, um, we right. we were we were cutting. It was we had a lathe cutting into the into that wax mm -hmm. cylinder. And Anne Aaron slapped it off. She said, "Wait, we got it. We got some. Or what? We'll, let's <laughs> this just, is important. We'll let's see, get we'll into see it. Side B. Yeah, yeah. All right, welcome back. I'm not even going to do any introductions or anything. This yeah, is, we this need is no, important. this podcast needs no introduction. It's side B. <clears throat> this is um, published four hours ago, which I mean, I guess is breaking. If it, it would be really breaking if it was what like just no, now. I feel. Uh, how does no one? I would check in the Herald Leader four hours ago. How do I? How do I ever see this stuff? I don't know. Huh. Um, the headline is Kentucky House Republicans release proposed redistricting maps, big changes for Lexington. Um, so, yes, it's finally happened the redistricting of the state. We've been talking about it for a while, and it's finally happened. The House Republicans just released their new House district maps. 
which um, they had control over today. Uh, David Osborne said the new maps conform to population requirements based on the new published census figures. Redistricting is required to take place every 10 years. Um, and looking through what they've done, um, and this is just a first impression, we have literally known about this for a grand total of five minutes. Yes. Um, um, it looks like not very good. Um, <laughs> well, I could, folks, I could have told you that yesterday. Um, um, I mean, Andy Bashir was kind of worried about it, too. Um, if their caucus stays unified, Republicans could have a complete control over the outcome as their 75-25 majorities veto-proof um, for this uh, voting on the maps. Um, Jesus. Basically, okay, here's what's going to happen. So this map that they have uh, set out is... Um, well, as everyone was expecting, is extremely Republican-dominated. Mm -hmm. um, they're pitting multiple incumbents against each other. They're pitting multiple Democrats against each other. There's going to be a lot more Republican seats. It's, it's a whole thing. When the General Assembly goes back into session next week on Wednesday, they are going to have to vote on this. Um, and one of the things they're going to do is they're going to send it to Andy Bashir's desk probably within the first couple of days. Andy Bashir, of course, is going to veto it um, because he doesn't obviously want this. The Republicans are going to overturn it, as we all know they will. And this will be our new congressional districts uh, for the House. Um, we don't have any districts released yet for the U.S. House or the, well, the, the Kentucky Senate. Yeah. Because the U.S. Senate is just two. Yeah. Um, well, the U.S. Senate doesn't have, yeah. Right, yeah. Kentucky Senate is kind of weird, where it is geographically based. Funny. Um, the stage is set for four Louisville-area Democrats, all of them women, to face against each other. Um, and for if you're interested, it's Lisa Wilner, Mackenzie Cantrell, um, as well as Josie Raymond and Mary Lou Marzian. Uh, now, Josie Raymond, I, she has been on there for a while I think I remember seeing her at last a few weeks ago. She was at this um, this committee hearing. Mm -hmm. um, interesting lady. Okay. Um, that Good I luck. Was at. Yeah. Um, Fayette County used to be home to all or portions of ten house districts, but well, that number is now nine. Uh, Lexington's home county lost connection to Woodford County and Bourbon County, while adding districts connected to Clark County and Jessamine County. The number of districts that exist. Entirely within Fayette County, shrunk from six to five. Um, so, I mean, it doesn't look good. Uh, the Democrats responded uh, with, um, I mean, as as you would expect, um, they're, they are looking very closely at the constitutionality of these maps, um, and they're obviously going to try to challenge them. Whether or not they'll be successful is yet to be seen. Now, the Herald Leader published half of an article. Yeah, this is um, twice. Um, twice they published the same article twice and didn't finish it twice. Um, so that's, that's kind of very, weird. very confusing. Um, so yeah, um, redistricting. I mean, everyone knew it was going to be bad. Um, and spoiler alert, it was. Um, so you can see the, all the maps and everything on the Herald Leader website, and also probably on the Legislative Research Commission. If you go to legislature.ky.gov, I'm sure they have something up there. Um, so you can you can read about that. Now back to what I was actually going to talk about today, <clears throat> which is I-65. All right. <sighs> All right. This is a little short one here from the Associated Press. It's, uh, the, the article, interesting, interestingly enough, um, has a lot of typos in it. For being from the Associated Press. They were in a rush. <clears throat> project to beatify. 
Nice. <laughs> Interstate 65 exits is making headway, um, which obviously should be beautified. There's a lot of typos in the article. Yeah, the um, there was some serious... I was just on I-65 recently. There was some serious work going on in uh, Franklin County hmm. on the Lawrenceburg exit, which is the one that I take. Um, and uh, curious. Franklin County? It's in Franklin County, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, which is where I was like, whoa, close. But yeah, I don't... There's all sorts of... Uh, a lot of bad drivers on I-65 recently is also, I should just throw that out there. Um, got a lot of bad drivers in the city, huh. state, country. Um, city, yeah. Um, so they're going to, basically, they're just beautifying beautifying some exits by Bowling Green. Um, you, they're adding, they're you adding. You can't make it look good. They're adding some lettering on stone walls intended to invite travelers into the Bowling Green community. It's too late. They're already on the road. I uh, know. The signs, there's signs that say Warren County, Kentucky and Western Kentucky University. Those got installed recently before Christmas. Another that says Bowling Green is Whoa, planned. a Christmas miracle. It's a sign. <laughs> the exit will eventually include flags and lighting to make it eye catching and inviting. Wow. Really feeling drawn <laughs> in by this Pepsi logo on the side of the road. Um, the, uh, yeah, operational operation pride chairman, Johnny Webb, um, is leading this effort to beautify the exits as a way to attract more travelers to stop in the Southern Kentucky city. He says the lettering will be backlit. And will you <laughs> wow. spectacular at night. Uh, people are going North on the interstate. That's what they'll see. That's his, that's his quote. That's what he said. Okay. Um, trees and flowers have also been planted at five exits. <laughs> All right. Okay. That's all. <laughs> that's your I-65 update around Bowling Green. Great, guys. So, uh, interesting things. Um, here's another one from the Associated Press. Um, a little less cutesy. Oh. We have a new member of the Board of Education. Oh, great. In Kentucky. Andy Bashir just made an appointment. Okay. Um, Steve Trimble, who was, um, well, he used to be superintendent of Johnson County Schools. Um, he is filling a vacancy until 2024. Um, he apparently has spent his entire educational career with the school district. He's lived in Johnson County since he was four years old. Um, and so now he's on the Board of Education. I couldn't find really anything about him other than this press release. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll, well be, we will see. I guess we'll be watching. Uh, he says, "I'm a real big I'm a real big advocate for the students. We need carpenters and plumbers and welders." Everyone's right. fastest success does not look the same. That's good. I'm well. Never mind. This guy's cool. I'm with him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It could be interesting. Here's a John Cheeves article. <laughs> Great. That we got. Um, you may have heard of the Knott County Sports Complex. Have you been hearing about this? No. Insane shit going right. on there, in Knott County. All right. What are um, they? What do they got? Okay. So remember when Lexington was going to build like two sports com like a sports complex um, by Fayette Mall on a Whatever what the name of that park is. Oh, um, yeah, Shilato. Yeah, Shel- Shilato. I can't want to say Shelto. Shilato Park. Shilato Park. Um, yeah. That's, I guess, uh, watch and learn. It's not happening anymore, but watch and learn. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Well, I-, I would not say that. I would not say watch and learn, Lexington, um, because of what is going on. Oh, I'm saying watch and learn. I want to I see evil happen. So... Um, <sighs> 
I mean, okay, to put it lightly, um, the they they built this they built this um, this sports complex. Um, it is, for lack of a better term, crumbling to pieces. That's great. Um, here, I'll show you some pictures. Um, oh, great, you love it, guys. Yeah. The, the picture part of the podcast in our in our audio based format. I mean, like, just look up Knott County Sports Complex. Um, it's bad, folks. Um, there's cracks in the oh, walls. Oh, Jesus. It looks like a mega church. <laughs> yeah, it's a little rough. Um, oh, my <laughs> God. Stairwell. There's stairwell. Uh, you can actually see the outside and some of the bricks. That's good. There's cracks. How do you... So bad. How do you... F- Whoa. Yeah, there's... Uh, here's another one where the crack goes through the, the um, fire alarm. Yeah. So there's a lot of big cracks in this building. That's crazy. Um, very, very interesting. It's got those like, uh, like yeah, what do you call them, a cinder block? It's a lot, a lot of schools mm-hmm. are built out of them. Yeah. Um, and those are just split down. The, that's crazy. Um, so the, the answer to all of your questions uh, will soon be answered, but the short of it is coal and nepotism. No. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's that's the most of it. Um, and the, <laughs> They're the, mining underneath the building. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right <laughs> that wouldn't right. be too far off <laughs> you hate it you hate it when the joke is right for years most of not county's coal severance tax money has been committed to paying down nine million dollars in bond debt for the sports flex holy shit man <laughs> a 60 oh. a sixty-six thousand square foot recreation center that opened in 2007 no the county spent fifty five hundred ninety thousand dollars in debt service just last year Wow, the fourteen-year-old building is falling apart with cracked bowed walls and a shifted foundation that prompted Kentucky Office for State Fire Marshal to shut it down last summer. Condemn the fucking building. The riskiest sections have been barricaded to keep out the public. "Quote: Extensive repairs are needed," the county says, and nobody has a cost estimate. Yeah, God, you don't even <laughs> have an estimate. You're like, it's just so. It's just fucked. God, that's so bad. The 4.5% state tax on cold extraction and processing has raised billions of dollars for the state since it started in, 17, in 1972. Good. Um, other Eastern Kentucky coalified con- counties coal-fied. are free. Coalified counties are free to use their share of coal severance tax money to do productive things like extend water and sewer lines to more homes, establish tourist attractions that create jobs. But not county's coal Established severance tax. Established attractions, Jesus. Yeah, but not county's coal severance was tied up in the sports sports like debt. Yeah, I would love to, uh, like in the seventies, take over some city government in Appalachia and like and like just use all the coal money to just like just just like just like you know like like just run a bunch of nationalized industries. I think that could be kind of funny. I think there's an interesting parallel between post so post collapse uh like post Soviet collapse cities and uh post coal like Appalachian cities. Absolutely. Um, You're 100, yeah. It's it's just interesting oh, to see. <laughs> we sold everything but the but we we used the money to build a sports complex that's broken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they're most of the money is still tied up in yeah. debt. Um, <clears throat> that's the one thing that uh, that really keeps this county down. Almost every dollar we're getting on coal severance money goes to pay off that place. Holy fuck! I mean, what bridge did they spy? <laughs> In an attempt to cover some of its losses, not county it's is like suing. right before the financial collapse too. Like so. There's a couple of characters in this. One of one of whom is Harold Fletcher Jr. Um, you may have heard of Kentucky Governor Ernie Fletcher. Mm. That's his brother. Great. Perfect. 
Um, who, so Harold Fletcher was the architect who oversaw the Sportsplex's construction design. Um, also, KNR Architecture and Engineering, they're suing them. Uh, it's a Frankfurt firm that uh, Fletcher owned uh, while this was happening. Um, he was also named as a defendant. Um, and uh, so, the, yeah, the defendant is uh, BFMJ Structural Engineers of Lexington. The county alleges breach of contract, professional negligence, and unjust enrichment. Knott County has learned that material defects exist in this design and or construction of the sportsplex brought about as a direct and approximate result of Kenar's and or Fletcher's acts or omissions. Um, So they started suing in 2019, and uh, that was when it was in discovery phase and not circuit court. So here's some of the background, some of the politics. All right. Okay. Harold Fletcher is the older brother of Ernie Fletcher. In 2005, Ernie Fletcher appointed the Knott County Judge Executive Randy Thompson, who hired Harold Fletcher on the Sportsplex project, which was Thompson's brainchild. Good, good. Thompson later went on, uh, later went to prison after his conviction for vote buying in a, in a local corruption scandal. That's awesome. I know, right? Neither Harold nor Ernie Fletcher returned call seeking comment for this story. Oh, sad. Um, Thompson, the former judge executive, also did not return calls. He was removed from office in 2013 because of his felony conviction, but returned to county after spending 40 months in federal prison. Initial plans two decades ago called for a modest recreation center to serve local youths. Randy Thompson was and remains the founder and president of the nonprofit Not County Youth Foundation. Uh, again with the youth the shit. Youth, the Kloiber the Kloiber the the Youth. The Kloiber Youth Foundation. Is, <laughs> it's it's spreading to Not County, or maybe Kloiber got it from Not County. Yeah. Well, um, I don't think. I don't think Kloiber. I think Kloiber is uh, reading other people's notes. I don't think that guy's bringing anything new to the party. <laughs> So, I mean, it was supposed to be, it was originally supposed to be, quote, an acre or two, and it quickly became 24. That's insane, man. Um, they had That's planned- big. That's like, that's not like a, oh, you know, we moved into this extra embankment next. That is, God, man. That's, that's like a whole, that's a whole project. Um, and that project included. Think of how many farmhouse fraternities that could be. Exactly. They wanted to add, and they, I guess they did add, two stories lined with hardwood maple basketball and volleyball courts, a fitness center, locker rooms, a raised walking track, a video game arcade, three lighted basketball fields, a golf driving range. Concession stand and other amenities. Well, that seems fun. I mean, it sounds fun. The building looks like shit, though, so I can't imagine it's that great. But uh, In 2006, Knott County gave $2 million in Cole Severance tax funds to the Knott County Youth Foundation and $8.45 million in bond proceeds to secure the land and build a sportsplex. The county followed in 2017 with a $600,000 in addition, six hundred thousand dollars in additional bonds to pay for improvements. Jesus, that left the county swimming in debt. Although the facility charges users fees and sells food and drink, county officials admit it doesn't pay its own way. Okay, well that's okay. It's fine that it doesn't pay its own way. Yeah, it's a public service. It's, it's not nothing. Everything has to be. You should have probably. Let me say this: if you were expecting it to pay its own way when you when you issued eight million dollars of bonds for knox county and not county i what were you, that's you that's you not paying your own way it's ideologically multiple examples of nepotism in the development of this facility were, were present thompson got the county's top job because of the previous judge executive donnie newsom was forced out of office in 2005 after his own felony conviction for vote buying that's great so man all fucking vote buying 
Jesus, man. Ernie Fletcher appointed Thompson a radio station executive and fellow Republican oh, to God, replace Newsom. <laughs> At the Knott County Youth Foundation, Thompson selected Harold Fletcher for the sports complex project. Harold Fletcher came along with Thompson when he took control of the county courthouse. Another firm, Taste Creek Construction, sued the county, alleging that Newsom tried to hire it to oversee the sports complex and deal loss when Thompson allegedly put it to the side. So, yeah, the sports complex opened in 2007. State officials in Frankfurt raised more concerns before long. The state auditor said the sports complex jobs went to two of Thompson's relatives, while thousands of dollars <laughs> in sports complex contracts went to a business owned by his sister. That's great, man. That's... The Kentucky Department for Local Government warned that the sportsplex was running a worrisome deficit. Meanwhile, inside the sportsplex, employees noticed the masonry walls and concrete floor were starting to crack within a year of its completion. Oh, God. Instantly fucked up. Instantly. instantly. They didn't even have a chance to, like, enjoy you it. You don't even have a honeymoon phase there. It's like... Yeah. Um, a half dozen structural engineering inspections of the sportsplex over the years came to the same conclusion. Much of it is falling apart. Look, I don't need to be an engineer to know. But well, that's what happens county. when you try to build one 26-acre long, long building. I think, no, the property is that long. I think the building is, is big, but I don't think it's 26 acres. Okay, so I was, I was like, man, I was like, that's crazy. You buy just like a really giant... It's a warehouse. Well, it's Amazon a th- warehouse. Well, into- uh, yeah, you're trying, to, you're trying to build a giant, one giant enclosed thing and doing it. And all these guys forgot that like buildings are supposed to move. Well, how big is the app harvest greenhouse? Because that thing is like huge, right? It's like I, multiple acres. Yeah, although they've probably, I have no idea. Um, yeah, much of it's falling apart, particularly on the entrance vestibule and much of the front stairwell and on the first and second floors at the concession stand and near the edge of the basketball court and walking track. I mean, the list goes on and on. Cracks, um, a few a few wide enough to show daylight have zigzagged across walls. Some walls buckled or separated eastward as much as one inch in width for every 10 feet in height. That's great. The building's foundation shifted in places so that flooring has torn and doors no longer can open or close as intended because the doorways are skewed. That's good. A state fire, mar- fire marshal's office ordered the building closed last year to protect the public, um, and they said the magnitude and nature of the cracking has compromised the structural integrity of the front stairwell and is threatening the integrity of several of the interior non-loading, non-load-bearing block masonry walls. I'd a report in July. So sorry, this is a load-bearing masonry wall. Yeah. Um, man, I would love to say give them some ARPA money, help them out, but I do not, literally, do not trust them. And to, uh... <laughs> here's what's bad too. All right. Different inspectors have suggested gonna... different possible causes for the damage, including design flaws that did not allow for necessary flexibility between uh, the building's structural and steel skeleton and masonry walls, explosive blasting in the area from coal mining, oh, damn it. and a 4.2 magnitude earthquake in 2012 with an epicenter 20 miles away. Jesus. Well, that sounds cursed. Um, um, also, inspectors say the sportsplex is built atop a 90-foot... I, I, I top 90 feet of spoil fill. No. It, that's not, it's like we're going to build a we're going to build a skyscraper on sand. Like that's not that's <laughs> Hey, you know they did in DC barely. It, and let me say this, I don't believe it's worked in DC. Ask <laughs> me not. how the ask me how the Lincoln Memorial is doing in 40 years. Exactly. Um, um 
Yeah, unspoilable from reclaimed strip mine that could have con- continued to settle underneath the building's concrete slab foundation. Jeez. The thickness and composition of the soil were never defined, making it impossible to determine the stability. I mean, Jesus. Holy shit, man. Um, on the bright side, the current judge executive of Knott County recently took advantage of low interest rates to, <laughs> to, to refinance. refinance Thank God, man. To shrinking payments to only $400,000 a year. Oh, that's great. That's great. Um, unfortunately, he added that's still more than the cash strap county can afford with a steady decline in the share of coal severance funds. <laughs> that's, it's like, I want. I'm like, we need to give them the ARPA money bailout, but I'm worried if we give them the $8 million they need to bail out their ARPA money, they would simply go and build a second equally terrible sports complex. <laughs> I mean, Just like I don't 10 know. feet and over. It's going to be owned. It's going to be run by the governor's brother. That's and the, the thing. construction like, company from the governor's sister. It's so bullshit, man. Um, well, that sucks. Their sports center sounded cool, at least. I mean, it seemed it sounded cool. cool. They got a hey, game room. They lame, got a lame meetup at the at the Knott County uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> Recreation Center. And with that, it's happened again. Ugh. You've wasted another perfectly good, perfectly good hour listening to Lame. Yeah. Our esteemed executive producer is Charlie Carey. Um, our our stickers, our buttons. Yeah, we got buttons now. If you want our buttons, our logo is by Claire Thompson from ClaireThompsonArt.com. Yeah, if you want us, email us. We'll get them to you for free. Hey, Claire Thompson, happy birthday. Oh, yeah, happy birthday, Claire Thompson. Um, uh, by the way, Claire Thompson's social security number is... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can yeah. follow us on Twitter at LamePod. Email us at LexLamePod at gmail.com. Seriously, we love hearing the feedback. We love hearing the feedback. Um, and even though Fayette County executives, I guess that would be Lynn Gorton. Because we don't really, that's just the mayor. It would be, well, how is it? It'd be really funny if um, we were to learn that there's just some guy who's been the Fayette County judge executive <laughs> all along, and he's like, that's right, I've been making all these, all these decrees, and then there's some insane court case, and he becomes like the god king of Fayette County. And who comes out of the shadows. <laughs> Every time we say it. Oh, wait, I, well, no, the county executive <laughs> takes that $8 million uh, tax, tax loan to fund podcasts whenever they hear us say it. This is lame. Okay. That was so bad. That sucks. And even though Aaron it <laughs> fucking blows the ending every time we say it, this is lame. 